How many of you ever uh, played Follow the Leader as a kid? Maybe played Follow the Leader. I played Follow the Leader. I was never very, uh, never any good at it really, uh, because I am not a follower. Uh, I, I am very bad at following. Um, I never liked uh, the game. Uh, never enjoyed playing Follow the Leader because I always wanted to be the leader. My first grade report card says, Sean is a natural born leader. First grade, six years old. Thank you very much. And sure enough, every, uh, oh no, no, that's, no, 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 no. But sure enough, every time we lined up to go to somewhere in school, uh, I would be front of the line. I, I'd jump out. The front. You know, it's time to go to uh, art class, time to go to music class. John's right there at the front of the line. Let's go, let's go. I'm, I've always been very clock conscious, uh, and so I was always checking the clock to make sure we were uh, leaving on time, uh, and I still am, and my little guy is the same way. I don't know how uh, time consciousness gets passed on through the genes, but it does. Because he does the same thing to his teachers. He will say, uh, it's time to go. To, to, it's time to go. It's time, his eyes are always on the clock. It's time to go. It's time to go. Mine, same way. But so we'd line up for like art class, music class. Sean's first in line. Line up for lunch, recess. You better believe Sean's first in line, especially for lunch. Uh, line up for gym class. You know, I never really was much of an athlete. Uh, if we have to go, I'm not going to lead that line. Uh, but, uh, you know, when it came to following the leader, playing follow the leader, I, I never really was a big fan of the game of following of follow the leader. Uh, and, and following the leaders is not always easy, right? I mean, we all, uh, we're all on a journey of faith. We're all on the, what I like to consider like a marathon of faith. Uh, I'm not a runner, but uh, we're all running a race when it comes to faith and, and, and our spiritual lives. Uh, we're all on this race of life. And I think it's so important that we learn to follow the leader when it comes to this journey of faith, this, this marathon of faith that we're on. Um, I've had, you know, I was eight years old when I gave my life to Jesus. When I first, when I got baptized, it was at the First Christian Church in Crown Point. I was eight years old. And I said on that day, as I stood in those waters, getting ready to be baptized, I said, I am going to follow Jesus for the rest of my life. I am going to be a follower of Christ for the rest of my life. And except for a short time in college, I've done that. Um, yeah. Uh, you, were you there? Um, but... Uh, in all seriousness, you know, when it comes to following Jesus, I've had moments of great triumph, like great spiritual triumph, where I felt this so close to God, like I could almost touch him. Maybe you've had those moments. And I've had moments in my life where God seemed so far away that I, I felt like I, was, uh, I could lose my faith altogether. Maybe you've had those moments. Maybe you're experiencing those moments right now. And as we journey in this uh, marathon of faith that we're in, it, it, it requires us to follow the leader. The problem with following the leader sometimes is that we're, we're not sure the leader knows where he's going. Or it seems like the leader doesn't know where he's going and, and we're going in a direction that we're not sure we want to go in. And we don't know how we're going to get there. We, we, you know, we, we read the story of the Israelites in the book of Exodus and how it took them 40 years to go about 15 miles. It's like, does the leader know where he's going? You know, and so we may wonder in our lives, you know, how am I going to get there? Am I going to get there safe and sound? Does the leader know where I'm going? And I'm here to tell you today that, yes, the, the leader knows where you're going. And, and it's just a matter of, you know, surrendering and submitting to the leadership of the leader and following the leader. And that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, we tend to not want to follow people. We tend to not want to 
follow the leader. We, we tend to want to do things our way. It's like, I want to do things my way. We're kind of like Frank Sinatra, right? Uh, I want to do it my way. But to follow Jesus means that we can't do it our way. We have to do it his way. In Mark 8.34, Jesus said this. He said, uh, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That if you want to follow Jesus, you've got to do just that. You have to be the follower. You can't be the leader because he says that he is the leader. That means where he says we go, we go. What he says we do, we do. If he wants us to go here, there, do otherwise, then we've got to do what he tells us to do because he is the leader. And so as followers of his, we have to take up that cross every day and die to ourselves and deny ourselves and follow the leader. Now, like I said earlier in the service, we're starting a new series today called uh, The Shepherd, and it's based on Psalm 23. The 23rd Psalm is a very popular psalm. Uh, perhaps you had to, anybody have to memorize it growing up? Anybody memorize the 23rd Psalm or you've heard it maybe preached at a funeral? I, I, when I do funerals for people that I don't know, I often get called and asked to do funerals for people I don't know. And I typically preach the 23rd Psalm because it is so very comforting. And it's very, very peaceful and serene. And it reminds us that we have a shepherd that we need to follow. And one of the implications of the 23rd Psalm when David says, the Lord is my shepherd, is that we, um, we're the sheep. <laughs> you know, David's saying, I'm a sheep, and, and we're all sheep. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But the, the 23rd Psalm is one of those psalms that really touches our hearts. And I'm going to set up the background for you in just a second, but I want to just read that psalm, or just read the first part of the psalm. This message is based on five words. So uh, I'm just hang with me. We're going to do 27 minutes through five words. And it's like, that sounds really strange. And normally I preach a larger passage of Scripture. I'll preach a, a big passage of Scripture and, or a story, uh, and uh, we'll go from there. But today it's just based on five words. And, and these are those five words. David wrote in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that with me? The Lord is my shepherd. And we're going to talk about that and what the implications of that uh, of those words are for us today. What are the implications of the Lord being our shepherd? Uh, now, David is the one who wrote the psalm. He was the shepherd king of Israel, meaning that he started out as a shepherd. He tended his father's flocks. He was the youngest son of a man named Jesse. And so this youngest son, uh, David, was out in the fields uh, watching the flocks and, and tending the flocks. And he was, he was brave. He was really young. He's just a teenage boy. His older brothers were off at war. They were soldiers in Israel's army. And they were off at war and they were facing the Philistines. And the Philistines were the enemies of the Israelites. Uh, and so the, Is the Philistines had a champion. And his name, anybody? Goliath. You've heard the story. Anybody heard the story of David and Goliath? It's a great little story. Uh, you guys are apparently much more Sunday school oriented than the first service. 9.30 today, it's like nobody heard of David and Goliath. It's like, y'all need to get in a connection group, like in the worst way. But uh, so, uh, so David is out tending the flocks, and his dad says, Jesse says to him, I want you to take some supplies and some provisions to your brothers uh, at the front line. So he grabs some stuff, and he goes to the front lines, and uh, he goes up there, uh, and uh, there's Goliath. Goliath comes out, and he's making fun of God. He's mocking God. He's mocking God's people. And uh, David's like, who's this chump? 
and uh, they're like, that's Goliath. It's like, why, why are you letting him mock God? And why are you letting him make fun of God's people? And they're like, well, because he's really big and scary. And he's like, look, I'll fight him. Why isn't anybody fight? I'll go out there and I'll fight him. And, and they're like, you're just a kid. He's like, I don't care. My God is going to go before me. We're going to fight and we're going to defeat this champion. And so they, they went to fit David with some heavy armor and David couldn't carry it because he's just a little guy and his armor was meant for an adult and it's heavy. He's like, look, I don't need any of your armor. I'm just going to take my shepherd's sling. I'm going to grab five smooth stones out of the river and I'm going to go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill this guy. And sure enough, David goes out there and uh, puts one little stone into the sling. The sling went round and round. Anybody know the song? Yeah, yeah, okay, sure. You all went to Sunday school. All right, so he lets the sling go, boom, right in the middle of the forehead, knocks Goliath down, Goliath dies. Now, why he brought five stones, I heard maybe Goliath had four brothers, but we're really not sure. You know, maybe he was afraid he was going to miss with the first one, but nope, right off the bat, knocks, knocks Goliath out and uh, cuts his head off. Beautiful flannel graph imagery for Sunday school, you know. And <laughs> if you go against God, someone's going to cut your head off. What? We're never going back to that church. But... Uh, so, uh, so David grows up to become the king of Israel. Like I said, he started off as a shepherd, but he became the king of Israel. And they think that he wrote the 23rd Psalm toward the end of his life, uh, kind of reflecting back on a life spent following his shepherd. And he talks about God as his shepherd. And so I want to break this down into three pieces this morning, uh, just uh, three little phrases that David talks about in, the, in this first part of the 23rd Psalm in verse 1 that kind of forms the basis of Psalm 23. Uh, so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he begins by talking about the Lord. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. And now the name that he uses for God, when he says the Lord, is the name Yahweh. And this is the personal name of God that God gave to his people. Let's face it, when you meet somebody for the first time, what's one of the first things you do? You introduce yourself, right? You tell them your name. I, uh, I go up to you and I say, my name is Sean. And uh, you'll tell me your name, at least you should. But uh, and if you don't, I'll find it out eventually. I have my base. Um, but you introduce yourself to someone. Hi, my name is Sean. You don't say that. I say that. But, you know, um, that's how we get to know each other is when we use each other's names. And that's what God said to his people. He said, this is my name. My name is Yahweh. It means I am who I am. And uh, I, I love the story of Moses uh, at the burning bush. Uh, where there was a bush that was uh, burning, but it wasn't being consumed. And God called to Moses out of the bush. Moses himself had been a shepherd for 40 years, tended his father-in-law's flocks. And then God said, I want you to go and set my people free. I want you to deliver my people out of bondage and slavery in Egypt. And that's exactly what Moses did. But God revealed his name to Moses. And, and that's the name that David uses here in the 23rd Psalm. When he says, the Lord is my shepherd, he's saying, Yahweh is my shepherd. And, and God is the shepherd of his flock. He, is, he was the shepherd of Israel. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11, uh, it says about God, it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those that have young. Man, do I love that verse. I love that verse about how it talks about how he gathers his children, he gathers his sheep in his arms, and he holds them close to his chest. He holds them close to his heart. Doesn't this, I mean, it sounds wonderful that God would pick you up in his arms and hold you close to his heart. When my little guy was just a little guy, I can't believe, he's going to be 12 years old next month. Where in the world? All y'all with them little ones I see out there, you, it, the 
like that. It just goes by so fast, and he's going to be 12, 12, and he looks like he's 15. It's so scary. Um, he's almost bigger than me. But uh, when he was just a little guy, and I could actually hold him in my arms, I would hold him up to my chest, and I'd put his ear next to my chest so he could hear my heart beating. And my every heartbeat was like just a little way of saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And, and that's what God does with us. Then when we're scared, when we're frightened, when we're tired, when we're weary, God will pick us up in his arms and like a sheep and he will hold us close to his chest and hold us close to his heart. It's because he loves you so much. He's absolutely crazy about you. And so God wants to hold you close to his heart like a shepherd would a baby sheep. Now one of the interesting things about this whole idea of the Lord being our shepherd is it means that we are his sheep and we follow him. We are the, we are the flock of sheep. And it makes me wonder, why does God keep calling us sheep over and over and over again throughout Scripture? And I'll tell you why. Because sheep are dumb. They are. They're not very bright. Like, seriously, like one sheep, if, if they, they'll follow each other. If they're following each other and one walks off a cliff, the one right behind him, walking right off the cliff right after him. And so on and so on. It's like, uh, it's like where are you going? I don't know. I'm just following the tail in front of me. And boom, boom, there we go. And so sheep are not very bright. And not only that, but the wool will actually grow over their eyes. You've heard that phrase, to pull the wool over their eyes? That like the sheep, their wool, if it doesn't get uh, trimmed up, uh, the wool will actually grow over their eyes and they can't see where they're going. Sheep need a shepherd. And when God says we are his sheep, it means that we need a shepherd. And David says the Lord is my shepherd. Now in the New Testament, we see that this idea of the shepherd gets uh, uh, passed on to Jesus. Jesus, who was God in human flesh, is identified as our shepherd. He identifies himself as a shepherd. In John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So why is the shepherd good? Because he lays down his life for his sheep. He laid down his life for you. He laid down his life for me because he loves us that much that he went to the cross. He suffered, he died, and, and he shed his blood for our forgiveness. In the book of Hebrews, it says, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. But Jesus shed his blood for our forgiveness. And that's why he went to the cross, so that we could be forgiven. And then in John chapter 10, verse 14, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. That God said, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Jesus, do you know him? Do you know your shepherd? Because he knows you. And if you're following him, he knows your name and he knows right where you are. And so my encouragement to you today is follow your shepherd. Follow Jesus because he is your shepherd. And he's a good shepherd. Uh, in Hebrews 13, 20, 21, it says, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great, what? Shepherd of the sheep. Equip, may he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. He is our great shepherd. He is our good shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. Then David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And he is your shepherd. In other words, he is a personal shepherd. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And a personal relationship with me. David doesn't say the Lord is their shepherd or the Lord is our shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. And so it is my responsibility to
to follow my shepherd. It's your responsibility to follow your shepherd. And the shepherd is taking you right where you want to be. The shepherd knows the way. The shepherd is the way. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That Jesus is the way. And he will lead you to where you want to go, to where you most want to be. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Indicating personal relationship. And finally, the last word in this phrase is shepherd. You know, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd leads, provides for, and protects the sheep. In Luke chapter uh, 15, verses 3 through 6, Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. That's the kind of shepherd Jesus is. That he would leave 99 for say he would leave 99 sheep with other shepherds in the open country to go after that one sheep. He loves you that much that he would leave the 99 to go find the one. And then he rejoices when he finds you. And so maybe you feel lost today. We'll talk about that in just a second. But maybe you feel lost, and I'm here to tell you Jesus is coming after you. Jesus is coming to find you. Jesus is coming to get you. Not to get you like he's out to get you, but he's coming to get you into heaven. That's what, that's what this good shepherd does. This good shepherd goes after you because he loves you. And you are his prized possession. You are his sheep. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, we read the story about Jesus. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Sheep without a shepherd get lost. Sheep without a shepherd are harassed and helpless. They are in danger of wild animals. And they're helpless. They can't do anything on their own. Sheep without a shepherd get lost. Sheep without a shepherd are harassed and helpless. And Jesus has compassion on you. That word compassion is, a, the, the New Testament was written in ancient Greek. And the, the ancient Greek word for compassion is the word splachna. And the word splachna, it sounds gross, I know. But the word splachna literally means guts or intestines. And it, what that means is it's that place deep inside that hurts. When you love someone so much and you see them hurting, you love someone so much and you see them harassed and helpless, and it hurts deep down inside, that's compassion. And that's how Jesus feels about us when we're lost. That's how Jesus feels about us when we're harassed and helpless. He has compassion on us, that compassionate love for his, for his sheep. And so i got just three questions for you this morning. Three questions I want to ask. The first is, do you feel harassed and helpless? Like maybe life is just harassing you. And you feel helpless in your situation. And you feel like you don't know where you're going. You don't know what you're doing. And life is just beating you up left and right. And you feel like your job is harassing you or your parents are harassing you or your kids are harassing you, your spouse is harassing you, your ex-spouse is harassing you, and you just feel harassed by life. Or you feel helpless, like there's nothing you can do. And you're just helpless in your situation. You need a shepherd. And his name is Jesus. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary, and burdened, and I will give you rest. Man, doesn't that sound great? Just 
to be able to rest in Jesus, to be able to rest in God. Doesn't that sound wonderful? To be able to rest. And Jesus says, if you are weary, if you are burdened, if you are harassed, if you are helpless, I will give you rest. I am your good shepherd, and I will give you rest. I have another question for you. Maybe you're like, nope, I don't feel harassed and helpless. Do you feel like you're lost? Maybe you feel like you're lost today, like you've lost your way. Maybe God feels like he's a million miles away, and you just, you don't know where you're going, and you don't know how you're going to get wherever you're supposed to be going, and you feel lost. Like I said, it feels like God is a million miles away, but I'm here to tell you he's not. No, he's right behind you, and he's tapping on the shoulder, saying all you got to do is turn around and follow me. That is your shepherd. That is your good shepherd. And though if you may feel lost, and you may feel like you've lost your way, Jesus knows right where you are. And he's willing to leave the 99 in the open country to come and find you. And he loves you that much. He's never going to give up on you. He's never going to abandon you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to leave you. He knows right where you are. He's just waiting for you to turn around and fall into his arms and let him love you and let him guide you and let him lead you let him shepherd you to provide for you to protect you because he wants to be your shepherd last question maybe you're like nope I don't feel harassed I don't feel helpless good for you I don't feel lost do you feel like you're tired you feel like you're tired of trying to lead yourself maybe this is you maybe you've been trying so hard and you're working so hard to try and lead yourself to where you want to go and you're trying to lead your family or you're trying to lead people at work you're trying to lead and trying to lead and trying to lead yourself and you're just getting more tired and you're just getting exhausted and you're completely stressed out am i talking to anybody this morning when you feel like you're completely stressed out, you feel like you're exhausted and weary. You need a shepherd. And his name is Jesus. You need a shepherd. His name is Jesus. And the good news is, is Jesus wants to be your shepherd. He wants to shepherd you. And he sees you in your weariness. He sees you in your exhaustion. He sees you in your stress. And he says, let me shepherd you. Just come behind me and follow me. And we'll get to where you want to go. Together. You see, Jesus, Jesus will give you rest. When you follow the shepherd, Jesus will give you rest. And that's what it means, is, is we got to follow him. And when we follow the shepherd, he will give us rest. And when we follow the shepherd, we won't get lost. Because the shepherd knows the way. Because the shepherd is the way. And he will get us to where we want to be. I don't know about you, but I know about where I want to be. And I want to be with him. I want to be with him forever. And he will get me there. And he will get you there. And if you'll put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ... By believing in him and turning away from sins and repentance and confessing your faith and getting baptized, God will wash away your sins and you will, ent you will enter into this relationship with your shepherd 
that will never, ever end. You'll enter into this relationship with your shepherd that will never stop. It's an eternal relationship. And he's just saying, just follow me. And I will get you to where you want to be. And you won't be lost anymore. Now, when we follow the shepherd, when we follow the shepherd, we will find rest. We won't get lost. And we'll never be alone. Maybe you feel lonely today. Maybe you feel like you're all alone. But you're not. Your shepherd is with you. We'll talk about that in a couple weeks as we continue looking at the 23rd Psalm. But I want you to know that even if you feel lonely and even if you feel like you're all alone, your shepherd is still with you. You see, the shepherd doesn't run ahead of the sheep. The shepherd doesn't run out ahead of us and he doesn't leave us behind. No, he comes looking for us. And he's right there with us the whole time. The shepherd, as he leads the sheep, doesn't leave the sheep. The shepherd leads the sheep. He doesn't leave the sheep. So my encouragement to us all today is let's follow our shepherd because he's going to get us right where we want to be. Yes, my friends, the Lord is our shepherd.